When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. If you've yet to check out our new premium membership offering, please do. We've added a swathe of new benefits to help your business stand out and to help you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a coaching session with little old me, entry to a new private discussion group, access to our library of over 80 how-to videos, deals and discounts, and much, much more, all for just $99. Head to our join page to find out more. Now, my guest today is Christy Whitehill, the founder of Tech Ready Women, an organization that helps women succeed in the world of tech. She's also the CEO of Hatchling Lab, an innovation and tech partner to startups and corporates, and co-founder of Poppy Renegade, a movement to empower women to stand tall. Last year, Christy was nominated as one of the top 50 Australian women in tech by Startup Daily. Gosh, impressive stuff. Now, we're going to take a look at what makes for a successful startup and importantly, what are people often getting wrong? Hello and welcome, Christy. Hello, how are you? Oh, look, I'm Thanks very, for having me. It's a pleasure. And look, you're a very busy woman and you've also just been telling me you have a one-year-old son. So, Yeah, gosh, I'm very busy at the moment. Very busy. <laughs> a little bit crazy too, I think. Okay, but uh, but enjoying yourself, I'm guessing. Enjoying it. Yeah, I'm loving it. Okay, so how, how are you going sort of, you know, being a, a new mother, that's, uh, mm. that's, you know, quite a transition in life. Oh. Um, how are you going with that little bit of extra juggle in amongst all your work? Yeah, I think like I went into motherhood thinking, you know, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for seven years, seven or eight years now. So I I've, I guess I felt like it was just going to be another, you know, task that I had to add. And I, I definitely does add like so much more to your day. And it, it adds so much more to your life, I think, in general, because, you know, there's such an amazing, it's just, it just gives you a whole new purpose, really. And mm. um, it's a juggle, but, you know, you can't do it alone. I have an amazing husband and, um, you know, help as well, you know, because I'm running a business. But it's it's just been amazing. Yeah, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to maybe catch up with you in a couple of years and say, okay, so, you know, <laughs> startup business versus startup human. I know. You know. Which do you want more of? Anyway, look, to get us started, um, you know, clearly you, you have a, a strong focus uh, in supporting women in your work, and you and you yeah. have done, as you say, for se- sort of seven years or so. Yeah. Um, I wanted just to get us started, and I'm happy that we sort of move around and um, don't worry whether we're talking about men or women. But mm-hmm. to get us started, are women startups very different to their male counterparts? Do you think? 
Um, I don't think they're different. I think, um, you know, from what we're seeing at Tech Ready Women, that the interests in the kind of industries um, and the products that they want to build, um, you know, may be different or the focus may be different. And I think that's because, you know, women bring a whole new thinking to building businesses and solving problems. Hmm. Um, and I, so I don't think it's like in the way it's run. Um, I think it's more so in, in the way, you know, they, they go about solving the problems in their business. Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to push that a bit further then. So what, what, would, what would be an example of that, do you think? Where do you, where do you sort of observe um, a woman <clears throat> taking an action and go, okay, well, that's, you know, that's done brilliantly and only, only, only us sisters could do that? What sort of thing do you see? Um, I just think, I mean, some of the industries that we're seeing uh, that the women are, are really taking head on are, you know, health tech, um, fashion tech, uh, anything to do with consumer facing, um, products and services. Um, you know, that's sort of been a, a high, um, interest in, in the women that are, you know, starting startups in our okay. program. Um, but you know, we also seeing women in FinTech and, um, you know, taking on some big data type projects as well. And, you know, interest in those areas, but it's definitely, you know, consumer facing, um, ideas and problems. Uh, you know, we're seeing more women um, wanting to solve those kind of problems. Okay, so it's more, you're saying the difference does sort of show up mainly in the kind of sector or industry, perhaps more so than any particular behaviours or traits, is, is that well, right? Yeah, because I think, you know, when you've got uh, services and, and industries that, you know, the buyer is female, I think women understand the problem and might sure. understand the customer. Um, and so that's why I think it's important as well to, to really help close that gender gap, especially in industries like tech, because, you know, you've got, especially where women are the buyers, um, and the decision makers in, in, in what they're buying, it's important to have both men and women, I guess, um, you know, helping solve those problems so that there's a, a real balance, um, perspective in going about solving it. Yeah. Okay. So when you, you know, and I know you sort of sit on a lot of, um, panels and discussions around, um, entrepreneurialism and innovation. I mean, how often do you sit there thinking, "Oh my God, you so need a woman in your business"? Or, <laughs> you know, that that must happen. I mean, I I I feel that sometimes when yeah. I'm talking to a, you know a bunch of blokes, I'm thinking, "Oh, you know, you just you just need something in here." I mean, does that does that sort of flood across you very often, or is it just something uh, that you don't really consider anymore? Not really. I think um, you know. I, I've been in, in my circumstance, you know, I've been in tech for six years now and like for the first, I guess, three or four years, I was the only woman in, in my team. I was the business leader, I guess. And I had a, you know, the, the engineers were men. Um, so, it, you know, I think I have a strong voice in terms of what I do. So I never felt that from my own personal experience um, because I've always been leading the way in that sense. But, mm. you know, in terms of like, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that it's definitely needed in, in some areas, but I think it's more so industry specific and solving problems. There's so many more problems to solve out there and technology is still, you know, only just, um, coming into some of these industries and really helping transform the way things are done. And it's just great. I mean, I think it's great to have both male and female yep. um, perspectives, but, you know, there's just some areas where men might be, you know, they understand the problem or the customer and, and then the same goes for the woman in, in different areas. So, yeah, okay. And yeah. so, 
Um, what about when you look at challenges? Do you see that um, do, do, are the challenges different uh, between men and women, or again, is it is it you know is that not the case? Oh, look, I think, you know, um, women have, it, it is different in a way that, um, you know, we have different juggles to go on. I think having um, a baby in, in business, it's definitely a lot more challenging. Um, I think more so if you don't have, um, uh, you know, that support at home. Like, yeah. if, you know, I, I've been lucky in that my husband and I have gone into having a family as a team and, you know, we both share the parenting. It's not my job. It's not his job. It's our job. And, um, you know, but I don't think that's the case in a lot of families. Um, and you know, maybe it's changing now, but, uh, I think women might have that struggle and maybe, um, you know, or maternal instinct for not wanting to go back to work as early. And that's every, everyone is unique in that what they want and what they value. But I think, you know, having it running a business, you definitely need and, and having a family at the same time for women, especially, I think you need to have that support network around you to make it work. Um, mm. because you know, it, it's, a, it is a juggle. Um, and the, the, you know, the, the, I, I personally, I, I mean, I went back to work after two weeks, right. <laughs> so <laughs> having a baby, but I work from home. I set things up and that was the beauty of having my own business was I set the, I set up my home office for the first three months so I could be at home and, and just work part time and have the team at the office and, and not have to be in the office all the time and just be there for, for meetings and just dial in. Mm. Um, but I, I set those rules, I guess. And I think, um, if we can encourage more women, especially to, um, have the courage and the confidence to be able to go, yes, I can do it. I can have a family and I can, I can build a business. Um, that's, um, you know, something that that's definitely needs to, to work on. Um, and, and I think it's more of a, a you know, a, a community perspective as well, um, on that, if, if we can gather around women and help support in that way, then we're going to see more women building businesses as yeah, well. Okay. I think it's yeah. interesting. I, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's, um, it's funny. Sometimes I, I, I will come across, you know, and I have a fair bit, I suppose, in the, in the you know, dozen or so years that we've been running Flying Solo where we will meet somebody, uh, a woman who's just had a child, and it's kind of at that point um, you know, in this sort of early stages when they're at home with their child, they're out of the workplace, they think, oh, I so want to start a business. Yes. So, you know, it's a, it, and sometimes by necessity, you know, here I am, yeah. I'm at home, I'm loving being at home, I'm loving being with my child, and I've got a few hours, you know, little blocks of three or four hours when I want to start doing something, want to create yeah. something. So kind of coming into business that way round. Yeah. Um, whereas in your case, you've had sort of six or seven years of running a business and understanding and working out presumably over that time, you know, mm. the disciplines of running your work and using your time and staying focused and knowing what times you work at your best and all of those kind of things. Yeah. And then you kind of put a child into the mix. And so mm. you've gone back to work two weeks later, probably by the sounds <laughs> of it, because, you know, you have a clear understanding of, yeah. of how you want to run your work and how to compartmentalize that sounds a bit un, yep. unsort of sympathetic to a young child but you know <laughs> to put things into into boxes and 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 time so that you can concentrate so i wonder whether it's it's a little um you know i'm going to use the word easier but that might not be the right word but you know the fact that you've got the structure and then you've brought mm. a child into that structure as opposed to having a child 
and then building a business around that. That's where I think it can get a little bit clumsy Def- and a bit messy. Definitely. And that's the thing. We're seeing probably about 60% of the women who are doing the Tech Ready Women program are actually uh, women that are mums themselves and mm. are, have been on maternity leave and, and now have um, had the time to to think about some of the problems that they want to solve in the world or, you know, and come up with ideas. Um, and um, or the other percentage of the women are women in corporate who are thinking about, um, you know, what they, I guess, finding a bigger purpose in the sense of they, they, they don't want to do the nine to five anymore and they want to um, run their own mm. um, business because they're thinking about the future of being able to juggle family and work life, but they don't want to give up work life. They, yep. they want to be able to be, you know, continuously building something that they care about uh, and not necessarily having to go back um you know, into the corporate life, which can be a lot less flexible um, mm. with, you know, being able to manage um, a baby. Although I will say <laughs> there is a bit of a, a fantasy on running your own business and having your own time because I do 12, 14 hour days sometimes, but mm. <laughs> it's like, and I've got my own business, but I do, like I do manage now. I think I have had because I have been in startup for so long, I do understand now what is important to focus on and what's not important to focus on. Sure. And I think, you know, when you when you bring a baby into the mix, you're like, okay, I, I my time is so limited now. I um I only have this time. I'm going to focus on this because from you know, you know well, I have the mornings now, so it's like 6 a.m. till. Um, 9 a.m. I'm with my son and that's that's my time I go into the office and I'm home by 5 30 to put him to bed and 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 um and then I go back to work after he goes to sleep but I'm quite disciplined in that sense because I know what needs to get done in order to make something successful so sure okay yeah. and look and I guess you know as, as uh as you rightly say it is you know the the joy of um you know the autonomy of uh of, you know running your own business and doing your own thing and as you say yeah. you're working many hours but you know at some level that's a choice you're making you're deciding yeah, you I want love to work it. With. yeah yeah and you know that whole that um lovely old saying about you know find the work you love and you'll never work another oh, day i mean it's so, exactly. it's so true isn't it well look let's okay let's let's move away from this slightly and not, not worry ourselves at all whether we're talking men or women but let's look at sort of start up more generally so you know here you are immersed in this world you i mean after seven years i don't know whether you still consider yourself to be a startup but i suspect you do because mm. you've got a number of ventures going yes yeah yeah okay so what are some of the challenges that that you see that are just coming up time and again you know the kind of, i guess i'm thinking of the sort of things that when somebody you know presents in front of you and says they have a challenge and that little voice in your head is going here we go again mm. you know <laughs> what are those things what are the things that that you're seeing that are time and again popping up for people well i think the common thing is for entrepreneurs who might be in those early stages um or their first time entrepreneurs i i feel like uh, validation is is probably um, the most important thing and the thing that I hear people not doing um, and that they're not talking to their customers. Um, okay. You know, a lot of people, um, even people with existing businesses who might have new products or services that they want to implement, I hear this as well. Like they're not um, talking to their customers and really validating their, their idea um, or the product or service and going forward and, and usually wasting time and money um, doing it. Okay. Uh, so just let me stop you there. So when you're talking about validating the idea, you mean 
proving that somebody actually wants what you're wants selling. Wants it, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah that, and that's just so common. Mm. You know, I, I think um, especially entrepreneurs, uh, visionaries, they're usually the creative and, and they, they get married to ideas. Um, but that's when, you know, it, you, you're just one part of it, whether you're solving a personal problem um, or, a, you know, a, a colleague's problem or, or it's a community problem. Uh, going out and talking to customers is the most important step. Um, you know, we what we teach in the Tech Ready program is, um, you know, all about customer interviewing, how to do it properly to make sure that you're getting the right insights to make sure you're, you're designing the right solution for your customer. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just the most common thing. Um, mm. And I think later on in stages, hiring is, you know, making mistakes in hiring people. I've made them so many times and, and not hiring based on culture and values. That's That's been my biggest mistake. And okay. Let me it's just, cost me the most amount of money too. Okay, I'm going to come back to that one in a moment. And I would just like to go drill in a bit further with this this issue of, of talking to your customers. And, mm. you know, it, um, it doesn't surprise me that that's the first one you say. And I think that mm. there's... Um, you know, there's research that, that bears that out that shows that this is this is the problem. This is the thing mm. we charge into our new Solution. ideas, yeah, mm-hmm. full of passion and excitement, um, but we don't talk to our customers enough. Now, what do you put? Why is that? You know, we see it so often. What's going on in the minds of an entrepreneur um, that they are charging ahead without doing enough of that? What do you think's driving it? Oh, I think you just get wrapped up in the solution and the possibilities. You know, we're naturally wired to think about, you know, the solution and the idea and get wrapped up on all, all of that. But, um, you know, it's, it's going back to the problem hmm. rather than focusing on the idea and the solution is, is the most important part and really drilling into what the pain points are of the customer, um, you know, can really help you actually design a better solution that's more suited for a bigger um, market as well. And, you know, everyone will always think, oh, my God, this is the best idea. I need this idea. Mm. But how many more people need that idea yeah, as okay. well? Tell you me, know, cause that's what, what's going to make a viable okay. business. What about, what's your own experience of this? I mean, it's, you know, you're seven years, it's, it, that, that's a reasonable amount of time. Um, so have you experienced your firsthand that's exactly that where you kind of charged in? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, so my first idea for a tech startup was in 2011 or 10, yeah, 2011. Um, and it was a dating website called Fancy My Friend. And it was an idea my friend and I had come up with over a glass of wine. And she was single at the time, but I wasn't. And uh, we decided, oh, this is a great idea. We should create something friends recommending their single friends. I think, you know, Facebook was just becoming big and, you know, everyone was starting to, to use it. So we thought we were quite innovative creating this product. Mm. We, we, we went straight into solution mode, hired, hired a developer in India. Big mistake because that just was disastrous. Wasted $15,000 there. Then we went, still hadn't validated, because, but all of our friends and family said it was a great idea, so it must be a great idea. Right. Um, and, um, and then hired an agency to build out this platform. $60,000 later, ended up like no one used it. It, was, it just didn't work. We hadn't validated it, and I didn't even know how to validate something back then. And, um, you know, that's like, that was like an expensive mistake. Mm. Um, but, you know, even then, I, I did, like after that I've credited, I mean, I've built now, 
30 apps um, and websites. So been involved in, in the terms of startups. Um, my yep. company developed software for, for corporates as well. But, you know, um, yeah, back then it was just like, yeah, straight into solution mode, straight into this idea is great. Didn't really talk to people um, who were the target customer. And, and I mean, we were asking questions like, you know, if this was the solution, would you think is a great idea? And, you know, when you ask questions like that, it's a leading question. And sure. when you ask people, people don't want to say, oh, no, that's a shit idea. Yeah. <laughs> and particularly when you're often talking to friends and family exactly. over, over a glass of wine yes. as well. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So, yeah, so definitely I've made those kind of mistakes. <laughs> um, where would where would Christy Whitehill be now if you hadn't have had that failure, do you think? Oh, I don't know, actually. Um, I, like, I look back at my whole journey and I realised I'm, I'm so living on purpose now because, um, I have a high value. Like I connect the dots. I, you know, have a high value on learning and personal development. That's been something I've really focused on for the past 10 to 15 years. And I, I believe investing in your personal mindset and your personal growth and your professional development is so important. I didn't go to university. And, and when I look back at like everything I've done and creating my first tech product to now helping women do the same, like it's all connected. And I think my underlying um, purpose is definitely around helping people really achieve their full potential. And you, if they, if a business is, is helping them achieve the things that they want and, and a sense of purpose, then that's something that I really love to do. Hmm, okay. So what you're saying there then is, is to a degree that, um, that sort of your own personal journey, it sounds like ha- has been enhanced by this failure that you had by these uh, actions. So you, is that right? Definitely. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think the biggest opportunities come out of your biggest mm. um, challenges, really. So, yeah. But I guess you know we don't we don't want everyone to fail um, as a as a process of finding oh, not success. As expensive, not as expensively as I did. No. no, and that's that's what I'm trying to help women not do is not no. waste the time and money doing the things that I was doing. You know, we teach frameworks now that can help them rapidly validate their ideas, help them teach them how to prototype, hire developers all the things that I wish I had done when I started and for a fraction of the cost yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, well, look, that, let's, uh, and I know we've got this, the, the next sort of challenge to go on to, but just again on this, on this sort of notion of validation and, you know, I, I, I like the language that you're using for that whole, mm. because it's often, it's just, you know, we, we kind of dilute it sometimes by perhaps not giving it enough of a of a name, not sort of mm-hmm. nailing it closely enough. Because too often, you know, I still meet people in, in a startup mode um, and I'm saying, you know, have you have you spoken to prospective customers? Do people want this? Go, oh, yes, 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 I've done that, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just too easy to think you've done it. But no, obviously it's... from what, what you've developed uh, by the sounds of it through your business is, is much more of a real sort of validation process. Definitely. We go a lot more in depth and we really play devil's advocate too and, and really keep people accountable to actually going in and doing the work and doing the research and mm. doing the, the validation process. So, yeah. So just to uh, you know, perhaps slightly um, unreasonably um, just kind of put you on the spot here with your past Mm. That past business. So you spent uh, my maths on oh, so six seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, building a platform and spending it on a developer. Mm. So if you had that budget of of seventy five thousand dollars now, and an idea, roughly what sort of what should we be investing in validation? Um, 
I mean, I think it's more so in the the time, um, okay. you know, and it's every product and service is different and requires different, um, I guess, resources and um, time, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you're developing a tech product um, and as an example, it's an app that helps you know, it, it just really depends because every MVP, every minimum viable product you build to test and validate can be different. You can you can build a landing page and get, you know, 100 to 2,000 leads to it and that might be enough to validate your idea. Got you. you okay. You, you could build and you might have a more comprehensive, um, you know, product that needs an app built um, because you have competitors in the market that are similar and that might cost $50,000. Um, but you still need to do the customer interviewing yep. phase, which you can learn how to do and then do it yourself. So, you know, that's what we teach. We teach the women how to pro, uh, validate, how to analyze, how to define a business model. We give them all the tools and resources so that even post the program, you know, you've got to continuously be doing this process throughout the life of your startup and your business. And you're continuously talking to customers in in that way. Um, And every process, like especially when developing a tech product, this every step requires a validation. Mm. Um, whether so it's you've got your initial part which is the problem solution fit which is this understanding if you've got a real problem to solve and there's a market big enough to solve it um and and to go into designing a solution for it then there's the okay let's might might be a landing page let's drive some leads there validate that then it's like okay well we've got a product let's build let's like have a prototype and and put a prototype in their hands which might be a paper prototype which you can do yourself um, and test whether the features that you're going to build the first version are actually what is going to be solving their problem. Then it's like the next phase, I'm going to hire a UX designer, we'll do a prototype there. Then we're going to hire a developer and let's prototype that. So it's a phased approach and, gotcha. and we, we go very agile. It's, it's We teach very agile approach really. So that way you're not, there's no wastage in building something. Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially building a tech product for the first time or even the second or third time, will go out and hire a, an agency or a developer and go, this is the solution I want, build, build it, rather than really taking the, the step-by-step process of developing the core features first that will be solving that problem and validate that. Because mm. it's, it's a lot less expensive to throw away you know, two or three features built rather than, you know, 10 to 15 thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing, you know. Yeah, look, I think that's a great way of looking at it, and it's um, you know, I think it's as unrealistic to sort of imagine that we're going to create a business and one day go there, that's done, that's you know, <laughs> any more than bringing a child into the world, exactly. You know, any more than you say, okay, well, I did that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's that's not how it rolls, is it? It's it's no. you know, it's I guess business as we get into it is. Um, is constant need to validate and trial yep. and error and not everything works. And, exactly. you know, I was th- just thinking whilst you were talking, how many things have I done recently that I could say have failed, but I don't like mm. that word failed, but, mm. you know, things that haven't worked. Well, there's, there's stacks of them. I can't even think of the list. You know, there's just yes. so many, but it's you've got to be in it to kind of you know to to move forwards and you've and as you say that validation along the way that that's a that's a, a great way to go i'm just so pleased that you know that clearly that's the focus you're putting on it now before i yeah. move on to this the next point that you had about staffing I'd, I'd just love to get a little snapshot when we talk or when you talk about entrepreneurs 
Um, are you, are the people that are coming into kind of, um, you know, your world, are they people that are absolutely looking to build and grow and scale? Or are, do we also, do you also observe a mix of people that are perhaps more like the flying solo audience that are looking to create a viable business that will give them a beautiful life? You know, where, where do the, where are people sitting generally, do you think? Yeah, I think in the in the latter, I think it's people that are wanting to – definitely people in that transition zone of I want to create something that's meaningful um, and I want to – you know, there's problems that I want to solve. You know, we have – you know, for example, a couple of the the women in our in our female founders in our last program, you know, Janelle, she's solving, she's been in the um, health tech industry uh, for a long time in, in clinical trials, and uh, she's wanting to create a product that's really helping solve that problem in terms of getting more people to to do clinical trials and um, and obviously open up that pipeline so there's more cures to be made. Um, right. And that for her is a personal problem because her her, uh, not her husband, sorry, her dad died um, from a melanoma and something that could have been prevented. Mm. Um, but you know, for her, that's you know something meaningful um, that she's she's wanting to solve. Uh, one of our other founders, she is a teacher and she works in the inner west in Sydney and in terms of her her school and has a lot of kids come to her with mental health problems and suicidal thoughts and mm. she's wanting to solve a problem in that area so they're all areas that are really touching them personally um and for them it's about you know how can they make a difference and you know wanting to do something um more more meaningful for themselves yeah okay so it is more about solving a problem doing something meaningful and not necessarily you know growing the the next sort of massive business that's not that's not the driving thing by any stretch of the imagination it's no i don't no. think so no. i think that'll just be a byproduct for them hmm. yeah i wonder if there might be a little bit of distinction between men and women in that line of thought but anyway i'm not going to go there yeah we'll, we'll leave that one alone yeah. <laughs> um, so the next point that you were were raising was um you know this whole issue of kind of staffing having the right people on your team I think was kind of where you were going yeah so this you 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 also sort of highlight as being a, a challenge that people come up against so how does that oft, how does that usually sort of manifest and again just briefly where are you how, how do you kind of approach that with people that you're working with well I think I mean when it comes to hiring uh, for the first time and, and especially if you're hiring a technical team and you have no technical experience, it can be really challenging. I definitely went through a, a, quite a few development teams and, and developers over over the years mm. because there's a lot of you don't know what you don't know and hiring skill sets. You know, you someone can look impressive on their CV and it may seem like they have the right the right skill set, but you know, in terms of um, especially in the tech space, you know, there's a lot of introverted. Uh, developers and analytical and usually the business person is, person is an expressive driver type person so you can find a lot of challenges um, in that sense um, so hiring people on the same values that's something that I've found has been probably the most um, I've had the most success in um, not just the skill set um, but it is important though that you need to educate if you're hiring a developer for the first time you should be educating yourself on the platform that you need to be building on and hiring people around that area um, of expertise but yeah. don't settle for just anybody 
I think it's important to find the right people um, so, before uh, you lock in. Okay. So, and uh, again, you know, I love what you're saying there. And I think, you know, that the, the point that you made there as well is you, is that there is there should be, you know, kind of onus on us as the individuals to have a good understanding, even though we might, you know, we don't necessarily want to be coders or working, you know, having in, intimate knowledge on every single piece of software, but mm. we need to know enough to know whether it's the right piece of software and whether it's the right, you know, whether the person is likely to be, um, you know, sufficiently skilled to do the work. But when you mentioned there about um, uh, aligning your values uh, with those of the, the people, person that you're working with, and again, totally understand that. But how does that, you know, you mentioned your 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 first sort of tech team in India and how that went in the wrong direction. Mm. Um, and I'm not suggesting that that's, you know, we, we don't have to go overseas to get our support, but obviously a number of people do. How do you um, suggest to people that they get into this whole kind of topic of, of values in what is a fairly early stage of any relationship? How do we do that or how do you suggest people do that? Well, firstly, I, I don't recommend anybody go uh, offshore if they haven't hired a, a tech team before or, or built a tech product because it's it's just like that's a whole new culture thing as well to add in there. So mm -hmm. I definitely recommend not doing that. Um, but if you are hiring people on the ground um, here in Sydney, sorry, in, in Australia, or um, I think it's really important to really um, having that face-to-face -face contact um, especially building a tech product is really important. And so if you can find people on the ground, um, whether it's through tapping into networks, so, you know, you might uh, be building a fintech product or health tech. There are lots of meetup groups as well that you can connect in with. Um, and the community is actually quite helpful. And I found, you know, finding people and recruiting people uh, through word of mouth is probably mm. the best you know, through your own networks. Um, and if you don't have those networks, going to those meetups and, and, and meeting people. Yeah, okay. Well, look, I, again, just uh, all I'm doing is, is, is congratulating you on everything you say. At the moment, but, <laughs> you know, that uh, it's word of mouth is still so strong, strong isn't it? And yeah. so important. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so you're not... Um, what I'm what I'm hearing you you're sort of saying there is when you're meeting people face to face, then you're kind of looking for kind of value alignment. You're yes, yeah. not necessarily sitting there with a checklist going, okay, what are the five things that you value? Yeah, no. you know, it's not that sort of thing. But it's it's obviously what you're saying is you've really got to have your radar attuned. Yes. But it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you meet people who have got. Um, let's say a requirement, you know, they just need somebody to develop this product for them or this service or whatever it is. And unfortunately, what often happens is they're just so damn, it's mm. desperate. It's like, who can I yeah. afford? Who's going to listen to me? Yeah. Um, and then on that basis, yes, this person's listening to me. Yes, I can afford them. Right. Let's sign them up. Oh, now, this we don't do I've... enough of that uh, other stuff, do we? Oh, no. And this is where I've made my biggest mistakes and I've had the most headache in my business. I had a year there where I'd hired the wrong CTO. It was a pain. It was like the biggest year of frustration and pain because even though he had all the right skill sets, the um, values match wasn't there. I had a high value on customer service and he didn't. And he was customer facing and it was 
oh, it was mm, it was painful. the biggest mistake. And and you know, so again, you know, I think even though they're a diamond in the rough, I think finding um, technical people who are very good communicators, um, that's some that's something that I would recommend looking for um, in this industry. Although it is, they are tough to find because like I said, it's, you know, they either have a certain skill set, they're usually quite analytical people, you know, you're quite expressive, um, but they're like, I've got an amazing CTO now and business partner. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's taken me six years to, to find him <laughs> yeah and look at it's like a life partner isn't it you know exactly. and um you know you, you end up probably spending more time with with your cto yes. than your husband which you know, exactly. we, we won't go there but you know it, ha- it does happen exactly. um but i think the you know again the point there is is when we're using word of mouth i think it's in, so important that we are able to articulate you know this is the kind of person i'm looking for the kind of person mm-hmm. i'm looking for is someone who can speak to customers and listen and you know all of those things this is the kind of language we can use but often again i overhear i see people saying do you know someone who can build me a website it's like well (laughs) you know yeah there's a 15 year old in the house opposite will do that you know yeah but uh, it's just not giving enough thought is it to exactly who is the person yeah. You know, who's that? Because you're going to spend a lot of time lot of with time. some of these people exactly. and, and a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to move us on to a different area. So um, we've talked there particularly about, you know, talking to your customers and validation, having the right kind of support people around you. And I realize, you know, gosh, I, I can tell that we, we could be speaking for hours. But yeah. um, what, what have you got one kind of third point? And then I'm just going to chuck another couple of sort of closing questions out to you. So what what's the other kind of biggest challenge that you see or biggest mistake perhaps that people are making? Uh, I think it's also going into a business that's something that they don't care about or that's not aligned with their own personal values as well. Okay. And I know I've spoken a lot about values, mm. but I think it's just really important because to be an entrepreneur, to build a business and to make it successful – you need to actually care about the problem you're solving because you need to have a lot of resilience, a lot of grit, a lot of perseverance, and um, it's an up and down journey. And if you're not doing something you love, then it's going to be a lot harder. Mm. <laughs> um, and you, you know, we talked about it before, but you know, doing something you love means that you're not really working um, mm. yep. a day. You know, <laughs> so it's it's really it's really important. And I think I've I come across people who don't uh, are, are trying to come up with an idea because it sounds like a great market opportunity, but it's not really something that they would push through on. Um, so, yeah. So I think that would probably be my third point. Yeah. And again, I think that that's such, such a good point in it, you know, doing something that you care about and it's, you know, again, I've, I've spoken to people and they say, I say, you know, what, what is it you're really looking for? What, why are you starting business? Oh, I'm mm. starting business because I want to make lots of money. It's like, okay. Mm, yeah. You know, <laughs> right. Well, it's, <laughs> that's fine. Let's just yeah. pull back a bit from that. But, finding something with meaning and I guess the thing with that as well is that you know one of the hardest questions I find to be able to answer is when somebody says I don't know what to do can you give Mm. me some ideas you know and it's and it's it's a really hard thing but all you can really say and I think the right thing to sort of say to those people is well as you've just said what do you care about exactly you know what do you want to change in the world what do you want to change in your life what do you want to change in the life of other people that you love you know if you look at start from that place it um, can be a great place to to go okay now 
I've got a good sense. I've got one question here that I'm not even going to ask you because you kind of answer it. I can see, I was going to ask you what really drives you. Well, I can see <laughs> that it is doing something that's meaningful and, yeah. um, you know, doing something that you care about. Um, perhaps a final question to you is, you know, when we look, you know, we've talked a, a, a fair bit and, and rightly so because of the nature of your focus about women in business, women in tech. Mm. Um, who do you look up to? I know we've got, you know, a couple of, I think of Melanie Perkins from Canva or mm. um, Cyan, Cyan Taid at Embato, yes, you know, a couple of really, really skilled, lovely women doing such great work in Australia. Yeah. Um, who else, who do you look up to? Who do you go you know, who's your sort of guiding light? Oh, um, I have a few. I think, I mean, I think that the two women you just mentioned that are fantastic. I think people that um, inspire me, I think because I have such a high value on personal development, you know, um, so I'm very drawn towards people that uh, talk, you know, I guess teaching the um, uh teaching and helping people with their purpose and passion. Okay. Like that's something that's really important to me. Um, you know, and I know these are big people, but it's like people like Oprah and, mm. um, you know, Ariana Huffington, yeah. uh, with thrive and Richard Branson. He's like amazing. I love his brand. Mm. Um, I like, I, I, I guess I, I read podcasts and I'm sorry, read podcasts, <laughs> read books and, and, and listen to podcasts around that sort of stuff as well. So I don't know. I sort of go, you take it from various places, I various places, yeah. you know, um, because yeah, I think at any, you know, it just changes. Anyone inspires me with as long as they're, they're doing, living their life and, and purpose and passion. Yeah. And that's a great way to end. Cause I think, you know, and, and that surely is, is what drives a lot of entrepreneurs is, you know, is this, is, is kind of cherry picking things that inspire mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, drive us. And I think yeah. it's, that's a great response. Okay. Look, thank you so much. Where can we find out anyone that would like to um, follow Christy Whitehill? And I'm sure a number of people would. Where's, where's the best place to go? Where should we head to? Yeah, well, I mean, you could first off go to our website, which is techreadywomen.com, um, if you want to find out more about the Tech Ready program uh, and our workshops and events. Um, love you to join our community. We're also on Facebook, Tech Ready Women, uh, and also on Twitter, which is Tech Ready AU as well. Okay. And men that would just like to know a little bit more about the sort of wisdom that you impart we, we can go to the same place can't yes we? go to the same place yeah <laughs> for sure okay. <laughs> all right well look chrissy thank you so much for spending your time with uh, the flying solo community it's been great to talk with you yes thank you for having me thank you and look, before i go don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business we get you at flying solo premium membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just 99 dollars. head to our join page to learn more and that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.